What's up, everybody? It's Matt Johnson. We are back with another episode of Real Estate Uncensored. Greg, the junior grandmaster himself, is not with us. So Gene Volpe is admirably filling in, filling those gigantic cargo shorts. And uh, <laughs> uh, he's gonna. Uh, we're going to have a fun conversation. We're going to talk about real estate marketing. Uh, we're going to talk about a uh, spectacular book that we both read and some of the takeaways that we had. We're going to talk about high-value activities and how we can get some of the lower-value stuff off of our plate. Uh, which really is the, I mean, that's the game. That's the, that's the process of making more money that most people kind of uh, don't understand. And without uh, understanding the 80-20 principle, it's hard to understand that. So we're going to talk a little bit about that. Uh, so Greg is in, I think Greg is in London. Uh, he informed no one. Uh, Gene, Gene knew it because he follows Greg on Instagram, which apparently I don't. And so I missed it. But uh, yeah, so Greg is out of the country. Uh, so it's just me and Gene. We've got no guests today, so we're going to have a fun kind of behind-the-scenes conversation about what's going on in marketing, what we're seeing, uh, and just uh, see where the show goes. So, Gene, the evil bald ninja, what's up today? What's up, Matt Johnson? How are you, buddy? I'm doing awesome. I feel like the beginning of this podcast was a, was very uneventful without it, without the junior grandmaster. Uh, well, there's definitely less gesturing, less, uh, yes, <laughs> yes. yes, that's true. That is true. It, it doesn't, it doesn't help that right as we went live, you told me that my camera went away and, and nobody could see me. So then we had to like pull back and, and try to figure that out as we're going live. Um, so gotta love it guys. Every, every time, every, every, uh, every Facebook live is an adventure. Uh, this is our Friday is live show. Is a beautiful thing and also the bane of our existence, isn't it? I agree. It's that is so true. Good lord. Okay. Um, so first of all, let's talk a little bit about. Uh, here, here's my question for Eugene. If you could only do one thing for real estate marketing out of all the services that you offer, like out of your package that you do for real estate agents, including Greg, if you could, if like, if if someone said like, hey, look, dude, you can only work two hours a day. So you really have to kind of like cut 80% out of your service. Okay. What's the one thing you'd keep? Pretty good question. So this kind of goes into what we were talking about pre-show, mm-hmm. the 80-20 with the 20 being the most valuable. Um, honestly, so there's two things that you made me think of right away. I think lead gen is probably the easiest way to do it. So in other words, Google pay-per-click Facebook advertising campaigns. Um, obviously you can't do something like that in two hours. I know people think you'd flip a switch and it turns on. That's why they're like, why do you charge $125 an hour? You know, it's not, not everybody can do it. So that part of it is fairly lucrative for, for our agency as well as it's fun. And, you know, when you can, when you actually can lead gen and you, and you tighten strategy up, it's easier for us to be able to convince the client that their money's going to good spots. Like some Mm -hmm. of my services, some of what we do is uh, is out of necessity. Like, say, for example, advertising on a Facebook business page. It's something that's important for your business, but it doesn't always yield a one-to-one lead. You know, mm-hmm. So, yeah. in other words, it might be that somebody's been searching you for four months. They finally see a blog that we posted for you on your Facebook page. And th- and that's the, the straw that broke the camel's back for them calling you. But when they call you, they go, oh, I heard about you six months ago from my brother-in-law. The reality of it is that that Facebook post and the post subsequent post before that were very important to the way that 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 the, the history of that mm-hmm. lead gen right i, I i'm no yeah. I'm, it's not making sense no it's 100 percent true like when when you when you have that conversation with somebody where they where they reach out and they decide they want to work with you it, it's it's hard but it's necessary if you really care about 
where the money is going and where your time is going on lead generation, you want to get like the full story. You don't want to get just the, the broad brush of, yeah, like I get your emails. Okay, great. But what like, are, are we, are we connected on Instagram? Like what, what, like why now? You know, hopefully you'd extract a little bit more of that story to where you figure out what was the straw that broke the camel's back. Where did they first hear about you? Like you want you want that kind of like you want to get a sense of their journey so that you know what you're doing is actually being effective. If you don't get much of that journey and you just kind of go, great, they reached out to me. Awesome. It's really hard to tell what what stuff is effective. And it goes to what we were talking about pre-show, which is the 80-20 rule. Most likely 80 percent of what we're doing, uh, most of our results come from very few things that we're doing. Yep. We just don't always know what things they are. And if we're not asking people where they heard about us and why they reached out to us now, it's hard to go back and figure out what's actually working and what's not. We're just kind of assuming everything's working, which is never true. No, and if you think about that element of it, it, it applies to just about everything in your world that you do. Like, mm-hmm. like let's talk about from a health perspective. You know, you being healthy is probably attributed to 10% of what you're doing on a, re- on a regular basis. I mean, I go to the gym five times a week for an hour. It's five hours a week. Yeah, Plus that's the true. dieting I do is another 15 hours a week, right? So right. 20 hours of my And then the 20 week. hours that you spend convincing yourself not to break the diet. That's another it's another it's another healthy percentage of the week. 100%. You're, you're exactly <laughs> right, but it's a small percentage that gets me to that next level. The 80% yes. of drinking and eating like a fat pig are two different things. Right, exactly. Yeah, like the the 80/20 rule when it applies to health and fitness is like uh, 80% of your results come from what you do in the kitchen. 20% yep. comes from how hard you push yourself in the gym. And most of the time we get that backwards, which is why we don't end up making a lot of progress. Even when we do get the gym five times a week, which that, that sucks to realize because it's a lot, I, to me, it's a lot harder to keep it a hundred percent clean eating than it is to just go push myself and kick my own ass in the gym for an hour a day. Oh, there's no question about that. I mean, especially, you know, my history, I'm Italian cheese, <laughs> you know, <laughs> pasta, right? carbs like so out of all the things that you're that you're doing for clients the paid lead generation where you can pretty much match like one to one like hey dollars in to leads out the door right that's that's probably the thing that you would retain uh i would say if you're an agent listening to this uh I, that's probably what i would recommend too um and we want to talk about like high and low value activities uh when you talk about generating and converting leads i mean that's really out of all the things as an agent that you could be spending your time on those are the two, like those are the highest value activities. Um, I mean, you can you can work with an agency to generate some more leads. The problem is if you don't spend any time converting them, they won't actually convert. So I would I would kind of throw that all into, let's say, one bucket. So whether you generate leads by making phone calls or you generate leads by paying someone to generate them and then you're returning phone calls and kind of following up with people and doing things like that. To me, that's all one thing. The only question is who's who's initiating it? And are you paying someone like, Eugene to like generate the initial contact on Google pay-per-click or Facebook or something like that. Like to me, that's all, that's the highest value activity for an agent is that lead generation conversion time. Well, if you're not generating leads, you're not generating cash. I mean, you have to have people in the pipeline. Uh, it, real yeah. estate's changing a little bit that like, you know, 10 years ago, lead generation was you picking up the phone and calling people and hoping mm-hmm. that their friend friend of a friend was going to sell or thinking about selling or somebody you sold to three years ago had a sister that was getting ready to buy. Right. You know, that referral network is, is probably the biggest, not probably, it's the biggest lead source for any real estate agent out there. But now they have these mechanisms where you could take a little bit of your time or, like you said, hire somebody like us to jump mm-hmm. in there and do lead gen and the tracking. Um, can, I, can I add one more thing to that? Because mm-hmm. there were two things there when you asked me what I would keep. Mm-hmm. That was the easiest one because – and it's kind of funny. I want to tell you a story about an agent that called me about lead gen, but um, 
uh, the other one would be consulting. I find that my business thrives when I'm on with the client once a week. And mm -hmm. even if it's not me or my team that's creating and generating the lead gen or the posts that are gone out or the, or the ideas, we're, ge we're generating the ideas. I find that the clients stick to my retention is way higher with those clients because there's constantly a lot of information given and reminders, like just a simple thing. It's like, okay, all right, Matt, how many closings do you have this week? Three. Okay, write a list right now. Don't forget to get a, a referral. Don't forget to get pictures. Don't forget to get a quick video. Don't forget to get a testimonial. Don't forget to get, and then make sure you send them to us and we'll promote them for you. Oh yeah, I'm glad you said that because I would have been hustling around on Friday. And by the way, are you giving out a gift? Well, I was thinking about, yeah, yeah, go get a bottle of wine. Like there's different things that we can do behind the scenes that if you're in my space every week, mm -hmm. I can help you remember and execute on more creatively, I guess. So it gets there. Yeah. So I just saw somebody actually. You may have seen a podcast I did a little while back with another agent. I mean, I don't, I'm not asking you to remember, but it was like a late night podcast. I was drinking wine. We were talking about like favorite candies and stuff. It was weird, but it was fun. <laughs> okay. It was a lot of fun. Good. And I just recently saw a video of her where she had a client that they got an offer accepted on a house. And apparently they were, they were buying. And apparently they were one of like six offers that went in and she wasn't sure they were going to get it. Well, she got the phone call that they did. She went out and bought a box of donuts, had her assistant come with a balloon and go mm -hmm. to the nail salon where these guys worked, the guy and his wife worked, and yeah. deliver the message with a gift and video. Okay. Nice. And you sh you got you have to see this guy's reaction. Like, he almost killed her by choking her because he, he hugged her and was so happy. And it was like one of those <laughs> things where you see something stupid and easy like that. It probably cost her $1.80 uh -huh. for the donuts, right? you know, an hour over time. But that agent will never, ever forget that moment. Mm -hmm. I mean, the buyer. Sorry, the, the buyer client, right. will never, ever forget that moment. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I love the small touches. Yeah. In terms of like, um, so the 80-20 principle, which by the way, I, I, you and I were talking about this book behind the scenes that I that I just finished. It's one that I heard about years ago, and I'll explain why I didn't read it until just now in a second. But it's uh, it's 80-20 Sales and Marketing by Perry Marshall, which is freaking amazing. It's one of the best books out. It, it is now entered like the top five recommended books of all time to, uh, to people. Um, point being, 80% of our results come from 20% of our activities, right? So as he calls it, it's like the ultimate law of cause and effect. And it, like gifts are one of those things. Thank you notes are one of those things. Our lead generation time is one of those things. They're in, they fall in that 20% of activities that end up producing 80% of our results. Uh, the problem I think that keeps all of us stuck at whatever level that we're at, and that, that includes ultra successful people. The thing that keeps us stuck is doing the things that we're already doing and not applying the 80-20 rule to the stuff that we're doing right now and figuring out how to stop doing the 80% of stuff that we're doing right now that actually only generates a small percentage of our results. Because you realize once you get a hold of like the 80-20 principle, you realize that most of the stuff that you do on a weekly basis don't actually affect the outcome that much. You know what I'm saying? Sending that gift to that buyer client, if it gets them a referral, that hour was way more valuable than 20 hours spent checking in with inspectors, you know, moving paperwork from one side of the desk to the other. Like all the things that we convince ourselves are uh, are good to do, that one gift probably made more of an impact and will produce more results than all the rest of that stuff. Sometimes like way out of proportion, like more than 20 hours of work during the rest of that week, that one hour setting up that one gift might you know, be more important than 20 hours of work, which is, it's really hard for us to reconcile. It's really hard for us to, to look at our time and go, when I do this one thing, I'm super valuable. 
when I do these other 10 things, I'm not actually that valuable at all. I'm really no better than paying somebody 10 bucks an hour to do it. Well, you know what? I, I, I Here's what I learned. I, I, over time, deal with a lot of people, and I've done some consulting in small business, in the small business arena too, where like, like people don't know what an LLC is. So you get, you get a mom and a pop that want to start a cookie business out of their basement. I'm like, okay, talk to me about your structure. And they're like, what are you talking about? Like, what are you going to sell these cookies with your personal name? Yeah, no, you don't want to do that. Here's why. Like, we go through the steps. Okay. And one of the things that I think people really are bad at, and I, and I, I'll put my hand up. I'm not right. great at this either. Is assigning a value to your time. What do you think you're worth? Right. So when you look at your, and actually, that's actually one part of the 80-20 rule. The other part of it is, is there's there's some heavy lifting that goes into you figuring out what you're spending 80% of your time on, right? You have to yeah. physically sit down on an eight-hour day or a 12-hour day and say, I just answered emails for three and a half hours. Let me write that down. Right. I just, I just called 14 inspectors for these houses. That took me two and a half hours. Let me write that down. And at the end of a month, you go back and look and you go, look at all these things and you go, any monkey could do those top two items where I spent 60 hours. I need right. to offload some of that stuff, you know? Yeah. Yep. So the one element is tracking your time. And the second element of time is what, as a real estate agent, or even in my business, I struggle with that sometimes too, where people call me and they'll say, I need you to do X, Y, and Z for me. And I go, all right, it's going to take me five, five hours of my time. And they go, just tell me how much you're going to charge. And I think I could charge 250 bucks an hour for that, but I, I think I don't want to lose them. So let me do a hundred and a quarter. So mm. what is your, what is your time worth? And then when you realize, that you're spending 20 hours a month calling inspectors, mm-hmm. and that's a $10 an hour job because you could hire a VA to do that. You just mm-hmm. save $200 over the month to right. sacrifice what you could be doing $1,000 an hour for. Yeah. Right? Yeah, the, the hard part, the when it comes to like the 80-20 rule with our time, the hardest part is what do we do with the time that we save? What do we do you know what with the time that we save? Yeah. Well, I, that's another that's another science project that goes into if you're able to sit down and figure out on, on a piece of paper what if you if you recreated these five different things in your business you know that you would make over time x ten x the money yeah is it lead gen is it is yeah. it is it client consulting like for me it might be getting on Zoom videos with my clients and spending an hour just all day mm-hmm. Monday and Tuesday. And, right. and then and that leads to the next guy next Monday because I can't believe the care I'm getting from this guy. You got to call him. He helps me with so much of my social media. I got to listen because of a video he convinced me to do and then edited it for me. You know, so right. so I think there, again it's not easy. You know this, and especially when you're working in your business, not on your business. When you're working yeah. inside of your own space and not on yourself, it's very difficult to figure out how many hours am I wasting that somebody else could do. And the, we were talking eighty twenty. What's uh, the, who who wrote that? Perry Marshall. Uh, the 80-20 sales and marketing was Perry Marshall. The original guy, Richard Koch, that wrote the 80-20 principle back in the day. That's yeah. why I didn't read Perry Marshall's book right away because I'd read Richard Koch's stuff years ago and loved it, um, like the the 80-20 principle. But, yeah, he didn't carry it over into the sales and marketing realm like Perry Marshall did. And and so they're, they're all amazing. But, yeah, it's those two guys. Yeah, and, and in Perry's book, we talked about this early on. It's like he gets into the whole – I was telling you I was on a, on a plane ride to Florida. And it mm-hmm. hit me like a like a bomb exploded in my head. It's like of all the all the things I read in that book, this is the one thing that stands out. What he said was when you go back and you analyze your time, there's going to be a ton of activity that you do that you could probably pay somebody $10 an hour for. So when you look at your 80% and even if it's 60% of your time that you're spending doing $10 an hour tasks, you need to figure out a way to take that, build a process around it, hand it off to somebody that's very happy to make $10 an hour, mm-hmm. and then 
take that 60% of the time that you've now freed up and work on your $100 an hour tasks, rinse yeah. and repeat, and then work on your $1,000 an hour tasks. And that's sort of how you build your team. And, and I'll tell you this, the one thing that I always, and it was so funny because in my head as I'm reading it, I'm thinking to myself, well, if I don't want to do the $10 an hour tasks, I must be an asshole to try to pass that off on somebody else. Why would they want to do it too? Right. And he, and the next line in the and book he blew was, that away. right? If you're worried yep. about X and I was like, holy shit, he's talking to me. Yeah. And it's reality. Like there is somebody who is a single mom that has an extra six hours at night when the kids go to bed, she wants to make a couple extra bucks, maybe $60 a night for five nights a week is $1,200 a month. And that's a hell of a lot of money, you know? Mm -hmm. And she's like, dude, I will, I will send these newsletter emails out for you. They'll be the best emails you ever did. Just pay me $10 an hour. So I had to get over in my mind the fact that because I think my time is worth $9 million an hour, some people are okay with $15 an hour, and that's okay. It <laughs> sounds awful, right? Doesn't that yeah, sound I was going to say, I think, I think most of us don't value our time quite quite that highly, which is the problem. If we if we all looked at our time as $9 million an hour, we'd probably be better off. And I, um, I, you know I don't do that. I know you. you yeah, know. I was just giving our time. Uh, but, yeah, what's interesting about it, it what's, what's really fascinating to me about this whole, like, 80-20 rule and, and staying in your high-value activities is – Whatever plateau you're at, the key to breaking through it, especially in terms of just sheer making more money, we're not talking about necessarily breaking through into a new level of influence or hitting mainstream popularity or being the next Tony Robbins or something. That's a different thing. But we're just talking about taking, hey, I have a business. I would like to make more money in my business. At every level, starting from the most basic of you're a real estate salesperson working for somebody else all the way up to you're the team owner, all the way up to you, uh, you're the one that runs the brokerage with 400 agents, all the way up to you're, you're the guy that sold the brokerage and now all you do is scout out and buy, you know, two to three multifamily apartment buildings a year, right? So I, I interviewed a guy named Mark Loeffler, uh, an ex-KW Market Center owner, right? And that's all he does now. He buys two to three apartment complexes a year. Guess what? Prospecting is still his highest value activity, right? Really? Every day. He's scouting out, having conversations, talking to his strategic partners, making phone calls, stuff like that, one to two hours a day. Uh, and all he's looking for is that next relationship. Who's that next person who can refer me to somebody who has an apartment complex that they might want to offload? Right. So the very like and everything else that has to do with that, including like some of the due diligence, maybe like looking over the paperwork, like confirming the, the, the details about a certain complex, lining up the inspections. You'd be shocked, like how similar the challenges for someone that's at the multi, 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 multi million dollar a year level, how similar it is to a real estate salesperson freeing up their own time just to make some more prospecting calls. And like I said, it goes back to like, what do you do with the time saved? Once you identify these are the things that I'm doing that don't actually affect the outcome that much, and I could probably pay someone to do them, well, you're like, okay, well, that's going to cost me 500 bucks a month. That sounds like a lot to most people because they're not thinking about what they're going to do with the time yep. that they save, right? True. If Even if you got one extra deal per month, even if in, in the Midwest where housing prices aren't sky high, you're talking about, let's say, a three or $4,000 commission check extra with that time that you just gained. That's what, an 8x, eight times return on your money, four grand in commission against $500 that you paid somebody to do some work, 100 bucks a week, right? That's 8x, pretty good. Uh, you go take that all the way up to how does Mark Cuban make his next billion dollars? Well, he does, uh, he prospects to find the people who can refer him to the founder of some small startup company that nobody knows about, that has the big potential, and he sets up a meeting 
And the goal is to learn about their company and figure out if they would like to sign their company up with him and then take his venture capital. Like it's all the same stuff. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Like the thing that'll get Mark Cuban his next billion dollars is him focusing on that very, very small slice of super valuable activities and building the right relationships that puts him in touch with the right people that have the right thing that he can invest in that hopefully will take off with his help and make him a billion dollars. It's all the same thing. You know, I'm learning over time. You're a thousand percent right. And I always remember like when I, when I first started in real estate investing and, you know, you write that first thousand dollar check and you're like, oh, this is, this is tough. And then when the, and then you got to write a $10,000 check and mm -hmm. you're like, oh my God, I'm scared shitless. Right. And people, mm -hmm. the people who were around me were like, dude, what's just write the extra zero. It's not that big of a deal. Right. Like just write <laughs> the extra zero. And, and when you think about it from that perspective, it becomes less boogeyman-ish, mm -hmm. right? It becomes less like, yeah, it's just an extra zero. I'm just playing at a different scale. You know, mm -hmm. like my brother plays professional poker mm -hmm. and I, when I'm sitting at a table and I have, you know, we, when, when I'm sitting at a table, we're playing a house game with 18 people. Yeah. I have 250 chips in front of me at different denominations. These yeah. guys watching the World Series of Poker the other night, the guy had 273 million chips in front of him. How do you how do you physically, <laughs> mentally prepare yourself for the, the, the calculation of the bet based off of the amount of chips you have in your hand? Mm -hmm. Right. One fifth of 273 million is a lot more than one fifth of 2,700. Yeah. So but it's but it all it is, is it's scale. So mm -hmm. once you get past that and you start dealing in 100 million dollars in chips, 200 is not that big of a deal. So right. you've, you've heard the old phrase, the first million is always the hardest. Yeah. And that's because of what you and I are talking about. People have such a hard time getting out of their own way with the 80-20 rule to make the first million. Once mm -hmm. you make the first million and you can look in the rear of your mirror to see what it was that you did, all you do is replicate that. Yes, 100% true. Yeah, once right? you break through that barrier, uh, the, th the thing that I think holds back so many people at, at every level is the belief that I can, I am the only one who can do this. And you see this show up at every level from, from real estate sales all the way up into uh, agency owners and other more advanced business owners that are just running bigger businesses, at some level, there's always something they believe that only they can do that they can't pass off to somebody else. And I would say 80% of the time, that's not true. There's very, very few things that are in our zone of genius that we can't hire out. Now, we have to remember, can you find an A player to do it? We don't, not everything needs an A player, but let's say it's something that legitimately you're very, very good at, and it's in your zone of genius to do it. Most of the time, if you can get an A player and you can train them right, you can have somebody else take over that thing. And so like at every level, the challenge is the same. Figure out what your high value activities are, figure out what are the things that are preventing you from doing those, and then figure out, okay, how can I train? How can I hire somebody else? How can I train them? How can I equip and empower them to do that thing so that I can focus on now the next set of things that I need to do that are in my zone of genius. So we're keeping along the book theme. You saw me get up mm -hmm. and kind of turn yeah. around and go to one of my bookshelves here. Have you, have you ever read the, and I know you've re read this, the E-Myth Revisited? Oh, of course, yeah. Michael Gerber. But yeah. you just basically outlined, so step one is figuring out your $10 an hour, $100 an hour, $1,000 an hour tactics and then hiring people. And then, because you just, when you said about nobody can do it as well as I can, that's mm -hmm. been my hang up for the last eight years. I mean, and I don't think I'm better than everybody else. I just, I know that I want to be the one with the hands on all the material that's going out and coming back. And it, it stifles me from doing everything else. But and I, actually, if I can take it back, when, when I left my job at Verizon, I'm going to see how I can frame this without getting in trouble. When I left my job at Verizon, we started a real estate investing firm. And, and I said to my wife when I left, and I got to remember, I left a, a very nice six-figure job 
to do something where I didn't ha have any idea where it was, how it was going to turn out. I had a two-year-old, right. and I went to my wife, and I said, I want to retire, and here's what I want to do. And she said, I trust you. I don't know what the fuck you're doing, but I trust mm -hmm. you, right? Yeah. And so And so I did. And there's there were days early on where I regretted it. But I, I said to her, I'm going to create my own wealth. I'm going to have more time to spend with you and the family, and we're going to mm -hmm. make more money. And some of that didn't come true. Like, for example, every single night I was up till 2.30 in the morning. And she was like, what are you doing? And I'm like, I'm working on my business. And sometimes it was as simple as me rewriting emails that my partner wrote because it didn't sound like it was coming from me. Right. And just stupid things like that. Yeah. And somebody, I had a conversation with somebody, and I wish I remember who, who it was. And they went, here, take this. And it was the Michael Gerber book. And mm -hmm. basically what it was is hiring five people to do work that you, at 80% of how you would do it is way more effective than you working by yourself at 140%. Yeah. And I was like, holy shit, dude. Like, no kidding. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, think about it. Yeah. I'm only going to get so far by myself if I bring yeah. in the right A players like you talk about, even if they aren't 100% Gene Volpe or 100% Matt Johnson, but they're 75% and the quality mm -hmm. going out is acceptable and really, really good. Mm -hmm. By hiring two of those people, you've already surpassed your own production. Yeah. Right? Yep. hundred yeah, percent. So, yeah. so we just gave two good book recommendations, man. If people are listening, they got to grab them. Yeah. I mean, to me, this is, this is the ultimate secret, you know, like the, those, those couple of principles, the 80, 20 principle, and then the, the principle of once you figure out what the 80, 20 is of your own stuff, hiring somebody else to do the, uh, the 80% of the stuff you've been doing that don't bring most of the, most of your results. Uh, to me, that's the key to, you know, making a hundred grand, making a million or making a billion. It's all, it's all, to me, it's all the same thing. It's the same process. It's the same secret. The hardest thing for, for people to grasp when you talk about the 80-20 rule is, and Perry Marshall says this, he, he even says like, hey, I heard about the 80-20 principle for years and thought it was just a nice rule of thumb. Right. Like, hey, 80% of your sales come from 20% of your customers. Or if you have a bunch of products to sell, 80% of your profit comes from 20% of the products you sell. Like, okay, it's a nice rule of thumb. And as he pointed out, and, and I've realized this too, because even I, I made that same mistake. Like, no, this is the secret to everything. <laughs> it's the secret to everything. Everything has a cause and effect relationship. And every cause and effect is driven by that same power law. Right. Everything is driven by the 80-20 principle because certain things that work get feedback and then the feedback makes it more successful. And that feedback goes fast enough that it makes it so much more successful that it's like 400 times more effective than whatever it is on the other end of the spectrum. So like picking up the phone and calling a past client, even if it takes you five or 10 minutes, is probably 400 times more effective than another way you could spend that five or 10 minutes. And I'm not talking about going to the bathroom. I'm talking about something else in your business right. that you think is effective, picking up the phone and calling an inspector or, uh, you know, versus calling a prospect. Yeah, I was going to say, just a cold call. Yeah. I bet it's just a cold call. You yeah. could spend hours and hours cold call and make that one, that one phone call to that prospect you've dealt with three years mm -hmm. ago might yield a bigger net than the, yeah. that four hours of prospecting. You, yeah, you know. actually, let's talk about that. I want to talk about cold versus warm just a, a little bit because there was a question in Lead Gen Scripts and Objections Group that caught my attention. This is from Thomas Manning. It says, if you absolutely needed four listings in the next two weeks, what would you, what would you do? Uh, if I was in that situation and I was active and we're not talking about a brand new agent starting from absolute scratch. So like if you're starting from scratch, like you just pick up the phone and call expired. Right. Um, but if I weren't a brand new agent and I had any kind of a database, 
that's where I would turn. I wouldn't go to the absolute coldest leads that have no relationship and no trust. I go to the people that have trust and relationship first and try to figure out who in that group has a need for what I do because they already have their trust and relationship. And so if I figure out they have a need, it's a lot easier for them to say, yeah, go ahead and come on over. I want to, I want to talk. I, you know, I already trust you. We have a relationship. I've been getting your stuff. I see your stuff on Facebook. Now I'm thinking about making a move. Let's talk. Uh, and so there, there is a difference there that like the, the warm, the warmer the audience is, the more it's our high value activity to talk to those people versus just picking up the phone and talking to anyone when we know statistically that 99 out of 100 of those people are not going to be good potential clients right now, no matter how good the cold call list. Yeah, I think I think that's a great tactic. And, but I would even say before I got to that level, mm -hmm. I would also do what I like to call a carpet bomb, which is just getting a piece of content out as far as I can. Rocking the shotgun. What is it? Racking the, as Perry Marshall would call it, racking the shotgun. Remember that, Rack, that yes, story he told? Yes, racking the shotgun, you, exactly. Yeah, they got a buddy of his, like, racks that, like, clicks the shotgun in a strip club. You see who turns around. That's the, you know, that that's the people you know understand what that is. So <laughs> you're talking about putting... It's a terrible example. Uh, it's a terrible example, but it, but it is true. Like, basically, you send a signal out in the world, and you see who grabs it. Yeah, and in this yeah. case, I think one of the things you can't, you have to make sure you don't take for granted is even though you're even people that are probably your warm prospects mm -hmm. don't know what they're warm for because they probably forgot or don't know you're a real estate agent. So there that are people that, yeah. that will want to do business with you because they just genuinely, genuinely like and trust you, but mm -hmm. they might not, you might not have given the opportunity to them to do business because they don't know what it is. So don't forget to yeah. say, by the way, guys, don't forget, I'm a real estate agent. The, if you X, Y, and Z, and, and sometimes I think there's, there's something to be said about the old, uh, like not, not, it's not a bait and switch, but almost the, Hey, listen, I've, I, this month I've, uh, I've set a goal with my family and my wife to close down on four deals. And you guys know, I all work real hard. I'm putting this out there. Hopefully you can help me get to that. If there's anything I can do to help you send me a message and I, we'll grab a cup of coffee. And I'm also offering a $500, you know, I'm making stuff up as we go. Right. right. But the, but I think people sometimes who are in your warm circle are more likely to help you out mm -hmm. when you have a need than if you're just like, yeah, I'm one of 650,000 real estate agents, you should use me. Right. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. I have strong feelings about that. Yeah. It's, uh, that, that should never be our sales pitch for the love of all those good and holy. Pete, I'm one of 650,000, but I'm, well, I'm, I'm your best. cousin. Or, or I, yeah, but I'm your cousin. That's right. I used to walk your dog when I was in high school. Therefore, but you should use me. But yeah, we're married. Yeah, we're married. Yeah, I was going to say, not, not good enough. Not a good it might enough not reason. Be in certain cases, you're right. Yeah, exactly. Like, wait a minute. No, I, I know you. I know you don't know what you're talking about. Therefore, I'm definitely not going to work with you. That's a bad. Uh, that's, <laughs> <laughs> that's that's what you do. Listen, I want to talk to your wife. If you want, if you want to be my real estate agent, give me, get, let me talk to your wife. Oh, that's hilarious. I did that one time actually. I did you really? To, I, I, get, I was getting ready to get into one of those mentoring programs. Yeah. And one of the guys that was pitching me on it was 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 also working for them as the like the on ramper. Yeah. And he said to me, it's changed my life for the better. I'm, be I'm a better husband. I'm a better father. Boom, 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 boom. And he went, do you have any questions? And I went, yeah, where's your wife at? And he went, she's, he went, she's in the other room. Why? I said, can I talk to her? And he was like, why? And I said, because if what you just said is true. She'll verify it, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's hilarious. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So we talked a little bit about if you could, if you had to narrow all of your services, like your marketing strategies and stuff like that, because you've, you've thrown... As in the time that I've known you, it seems to me like you've thrown every form of mud uh, against the wall to see what stuck. In other words, you've tried 
virtually anything you can do with online content, uh, you know, pay-per-click, marketing strategies, stuff like that for real estate, especially, although you're not, you're not confined there. Right. Um, so when you had to narrow it down, you basically said lead generation and then, um, especially for you, uh, giving them consulting to help essentially help them take advantage of the opportunities they're missing. Right. And just simple reminders. Yeah. Simple reminders. Simple. The other thing too, I think is always nice is, Hey, did you hear that you can now join a chat in Instagram stories? Oh no, I didn't know that. What's that all about? Like different Hmm. technology things that pop up any given week. You saw the thing with the face app. Did you see this thing? This face app is pretty. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Have you seen the, have you seen the subsequent articles now about how it's a Russian owned company and they're scanning your face and now they have access to <laughs> I hadn't pictures. seen about it being a Russian owned company, but that's hilarious. I saw yeah. some, some allusion to it being uh, essentially we're just handing over our, uh, our information to a face imaging technology company, which I thought was hilarious. So by the Russians. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, good. <laughs> you knock yourself out. You're, 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 you're putting your, all your information on an app to see what you're going to look like when you're dead. Good right. That's what. <laughs> <laughs> nice work. <laughs> oh, that's right. That's what we call that's that's at the bottom of the low value activities. It sure is. Uh, so listen, I to your point there, you kind of were going down a path the lead mm-hmm. gen, right? Yeah. It, it, it and, and I think I was waiting for you to ask me of all the things you've thrown, of all the mud you've thrown at the wall, what mud would you keep? And I think today mm-hmm. that's Google pay per click and Facebook ads. It cha- what's cool about this technology and what I do is that it changes so rapidly that my answer tomorrow might be different than yesterday. However, right. there's one constant, though. You should take, you should certainly take a, a clue from the second piece that I said, which is getting in front of my clients. That yeah. one-on-one relationship with people that like you, when, when you're giving away free information and help with nothing, no expectation of anything in return, is the most powerful form of marketing that you can ever execute no matter what. And it doesn't matter if you're a real estate agent or not. It just matters if you're a human because eventually somebody's going to care enough about you to say, dude, what do you do? How can I give back to you? Yeah, it's true. Right? So no matter what we do from a marketing perspective, it's really starting. And you see, we talked about this in a couple episodes ago where Facebook is changing it to be more one-on-one unidirectional, not bi-directional where it's like it used to be how many people can I get my business in front of? Now they're rewarding you for one-on-one communication. There's there's a reason yes. for that. Yeah, the, the the way that I put it, so I was working on a chapter for the book about this, um, the book that I'm working on, the new media machine, and the way the way that I'm that I'm putting it is that social media platforms are shifting and have shifted over the last few years, just since I've been like in podcasting, sure. to where it used to be possible to build an audience off of like syndicated content, creating content, posting it to multiple different places, and just kind of putting content out onto platforms. And unfortunately, this has trained a lot of bad habits and a lot of a lot of people in this space, a lot of people in real estate, uh, you know, a lot of our peers and colleagues in the coaching consulting space. There's still the idea out there that you can just put content out there and build an audience. And unfortunately, the, the social media platforms, I think, have wised up. And as more people have jumped on, that just doesn't work anymore. And they're making sure that it doesn't work to an extent by rewarding the people that are doing what you talked about. They're engaging. So I would put it as starting conversation, building connection and community, a sense of community. Yeah. So the, the people that are able to build audiences online now are, for the most part, the people that are doing those three things. I don't see a lot of people building audiences online that are just promoting content. You know, they're, they're, they're just posting, posting and running is what I call it. Right. 
So I think we there is a we we have unfortunately kind of ingrained some very bad habits, and, and it's definitely seeped its way into real estate uh, to where we we tend to think that if we just get the right content, that we can just put out the right content, and then people will call us. They'll call us to come list. They'll call us to come buy a house through us. And unfortunately, that's not true. There's an intermediate step there, and that's connect. Yeah, it's, it's conversation. We have to have real conversations. And a lot of times, though, those can start on social media, but they need to go offline into a phone call before we're actually able to flip that into a real meeting. And I think that's what most agents are trying to figure out, kind of the magic elixir to cutting out that middle step. Like, why do I have to talk to all these people? Why do I have to have all these conversations that don't go anywhere? Is 90 out of 100 people, 80-20 rule. 80 out of 100 people are not going to be good fits for you. Maybe 20 will, and then there's there's the people that you don't want to work with. So lop off another half of that, and you've got maybe 10 out of 100, and then you've got people that you realize aren't the right timing. So cut that in half, and the next thing you know, you've got five people for every hundred. You know, like it whittles it down pretty quick. My my wish for everybody that's listening to this podcast is that your numbers aren't that high. I hope exactly. You know what I mean. I hope yeah. the twenty percent. Yeah, those are very rough and generous numbers. That they really are. But yeah. so bringing us back, do you think that we successfully answered the majority of Tom's question as far as the four listings? Um. Yeah. I mean, number one, talk to your database. Talk to the people that have a trust and relationship first. If you're literally starting from scratch, I'd go expireds and fisbos if you have enough in your in your market. Um. You mentioned putting out a piece of content that would kind of. Uh, essentially put a signal out, see who grabs onto it. I 100% agree. Uh, if I was really in a bind, I might supplement, and I did all of those things, I might also supplement it by sending out Facebook messages, like personal Facebook text and voice messages to my database, especially if it was bigger than I could get through just picking up the phone and dialing. So for anybody that I didn't feel comfortable with or I didn't have a strong enough relationship where I felt like I could just pick up the phone and text or call them, then I would Facebook message them and send them something personal to them either a text message through Facebook Messenger or I would send them a voice or video message uh, just asking like, hey, like, hey, it's Matt. I know it's been a while since we chatted. Just let you know, let me know if you have any questions about real estate. If you're thinking about making a move or you know somebody that is, I'm always here. It's fun for me to talk about and I'm happy to help in any way that I can. We'll see you soon. Yeah. Something simple like that. There's just enough to spur it, just enough to send the signal out, uh, not burn the list, not burn the trust if they're not if that's not the frame of mind they're in, you're not asking anything from them. Uh, I'm sure if we really sat down and put our heads to it, we could come up with like a better phrasing and, and you'd want to uh, tweak it for your own personality and stuff. But sure. that's what I would do is I would add on personalized Facebook messages on top of the other things we talked about. Yeah, I love that. I love that. And I think you just got to be okay with the fact that you're going to chap 80% of those asses. Like when you send that out, there's going to be people like, what the, what the hell, dude? Ooh, sending me a message, okay, blue. Sending me this goddamn spam. There's a button at the bottom, asshole. Just hit the button. You know what I mean? Like, stop. Well, I was gonna say that's a pretty good way to kind of weed out your your personal. If you have personal Facebook friends that you send them a very nice, very casual message like that, and you get a response like that, I'd unfriend that person so fast their head would spin. Imagine, and listen, and, imagine if you didn't know that and you went to work mm-hmm. with them, what it would be like. I totally agree. Yeah. That's a that's a total vetting process, and they vetted themselves. You didn't have to do anything. I love that. Yeah, that's that's one of the other principles from the book, the 80-20 sales and marketing that he pointed out is sales is not a process of convincing people to work with you. It is a process of disqualifying all the people you shouldn't be working with. Love that. That was like, yeah, you know, Yeah, but you, if you're in desperation mode, it's not easy to see that line. I know, but you got to remember that most people have a thousand or fifteen hundred friends on Facebook. Somewhere in there is a repeat deal, a referral deal or somebody who's thinking about making a move. You know what I'm saying? Like they're in there. 
you just got to disqualify the people that aren't interested so that you can get to the people who are and figure out who they are as fast as humanly possible so you can pick up the phone and talk to them. Like, that's the game. The game isn't to convince people to work with you. It's to find the people who should be as quickly as possible out of the 1,500 people you could be talking to and shouldn't shouldn't have to talk to them. So, yeah, that's why I love the 80-20 rule and just applying it everywhere because it answers every – there's an 80-20 answer to everything. You know? Yeah, there, there really is. And sometimes, like, I don't want to hear it. Sometimes it's 7832. Yeah, it doesn't matter. It's more, more like 937. Yeah, like if you go to the actual math, apparently my business coach is telling me this because, of course, he's read the original source material from Italian economist Vilfredo Pareto in the early 1800s. This is, yeah. you know, my business coach has read everything. Uh, and he says the real 8020 rule is like 937. 937? Yeah. Yeah, if you look at like 7% of the world's population holds 93% of the world's wealth or land or whatever, you know what I'm saying? But it also extends into like the size of pebbles on the beach and the amount of sap that runs through the veins of a branch of in a tree. You know what I'm saying? Like this is not, this has nothing to do with like, uh, it has nothing to do with capitalism. It has nothing to do with the government structure or anything like that. It's just, it's a law of cause and effect. That's funny. Right? So it applies to everything. So 93% our, uh, of the people in our database are not going to be a good fit at any one time. That's okay. So the point is we build trust and relationship with them and we send out the signals that hopefully that very small percentage who are, you know, uh, in, in the game right now in, in, in the, the, the vein of thinking about real estate, we send those signals out in the hopes that they will respond. The goal is not to get the come list me call. The goal is to just spark the conversation and then it's our job to take it from there. That's too much work. I don't want to talk uh, no. to people. Yeah, uh, well, I can't. If you don't want to talk to people, but you want to sell, I I, I cannot help you. Uh, I will I, I will say this. Um, my well, you and I both know Frank from from Viral yeah. Marketing, right? My old agency. So he went to uh, it was a traffic and conversion uh, with yeah. Ryan Dice. So Ryan Dice stood up and and did the keynote. So uh, Frank says that he got up. Ryan Dice gets up and asks a room full of like 3,000 online marketers and coaches and product salespeople and all this stuff. Basically asks them, hey, how many of you have talked to one of your customers in the last 30 to 60 days? A couple of handfuls of hands went up out of 3,000 people. You'd be shocked. But the point of him saying that was that, hey, even in online product sales, the the thing that's going to determine whether you're successful or not is whether you're willing to hop on and talk to your clients on the phone. Yeah, it's crazy. People. So, I mean, you can't get away from it. No, we'll never lose that one on one connection. People like warmth. People like to be told they're pretty people. You know what I mean? Like it's even, even just to even just to learn enough about them to be able to write a sales page that actually works. Yeah. Think about that for a second, right? Yeah. Just to come up with just to come up with the words that you put onto a website that gets somebody to respond. You can't even write those words without having the conversations with those people to understand what they actually think and feel and what words they use. There's just no there's just no way around being in sales or being in business and and not talking to people, not especially not talking to your ideal clients. But like you said, that's your that's the eighty twenty of your business is the 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 exact vital few service you would offer and then what's the vital few things that make your business run successfully it's your one-on-one time with your clients i think that's just as much true for real estate agents you got me thinking about a uh did you hear this jimmy dean sausage complaint call uh no it's brand new it's brand (laughs) new and it's from somebody i don't know it's a guy and 
I won't get into it. I, w- I wish we could play it on here because it's actually pretty funny. But the, but the yeah. gist of it is that Jimmy Dean changed their packaging from 16-ounce boxes of sausages to 12-ounce. Okay. And this guy was pissed because he's, he was going to have to buy two boxes now to compensate for the four ounces that they took out, even though it's the same right. price. Right. And okay. Like, yeah. I got 600 pounds of man here, my wife and my daughter. And how are we supposed to eat 12 ounces of sausage with our T-bone and dozens of eggs in the morning? And he goes into this whole thing, but he asked during the thing, who <laughs> over there is doing customer research to find out what it is the customers want? Who told you that we want a 12 ounce? <laughs> Yeah, that's, but it's one of, the, that's yeah. one of those things where, like, you got to go back to your customer base and figure out the 12 ounces <laughs> is going to cost you $8 million because everybody wants the 16. Like, it's stupid. That is very true. That is very true. Although it might be just part of the, the same uh, – the, the same brilliant minds might be, might be behind the conspiracy of selling hot dogs and packages of six and hot dog buns and packages of eight. Is that uh, the craziest thing ever? Yeah. That was the bane of my existence when I was a teenager. Like, I can't get these things to sync up. It still agitates the shit out of me when we go for a grill. Like, if I go grill and I'm like, these goddamn hot dog rolls. Like, this exactly. still, somebody, you know somebody at Stroman is giggling. <laughs> like, just giggling. Like, these assholes, they're going to continue to buy all these things. And I want, here's my new, my new study. How many hamburger and hot dog burger rolls go stale in America every year? Oh, I can't imagine. It's well, but the, every pack, right? I would think so. I would think so. I know. It's a, it's a, it's a tragedy. I know you're going to wrap this up, but I want to take a different turn here real quick. Okay, go ahead. I'm going to ask you, I'm, I've been doing some research here, and this could help people that are thinking about starting podcasts. I've been okay. doing research, and I don't know why I've been doing research because I got the expert every Friday, so it's stupid. So <laughs> right now we're using the ATR 2100. Yep, okay. You want to step up your and, – and by the way, I think it's a fantastic mic for the price. Like it, there's not many that can beat it, right? Yeah, agreed. Price. Yeah, for the price. Well, yeah, and, and for – and for influencers like us who are on the road and we don't have a pristine audio environment. We very rarely do. Like I had to shut my door earlier during the show because like a flock of crows were trying to murder each other outside. Oh, right? okay. So I saw you lean, but I, I didn't hear anything. That, that was the lean. That was me closing the sliding door next to my podcasting setup just because of the noise outside. So we're not, we're not going from recording studio to recording studio where you can have a $1,000 microphone and it makes a difference. All right, so then the next question would be, if I'm getting ready to step my game up, and mm-hmm. so for the road shows, this is more than adequate, right? Okay. Um, for my own in-house podcast, what would be two mics maybe, and I don't know if I'm putting you on the spot here. You probably could send this out or put it in the, in the, in the thing here. Are there mm-hmm. two microphones that you would suggest that, that maybe, you know, not 10 grand a pop, 500, 300, something like that, that would I could take them, just step up the level of sound quality a little bit? Yeah. Honestly, I wouldn't worry about it, but if you wanted to, if you're dead set on it, uh, I would get the, like the Rode Podcaster Pro. Um, those are the white microphones that you see that are super common. Uh, you can have like a little tiny pop filter. So that, that pop filter being a little bit better than what we have on our microphones right now can help eliminate some of those. But I will say this. No matter how good your microphone, two things will have a radical effect on how good you sound. I'm the room that you're in. Okay. And and the amount of sound dampening, the more the better, and your microphone technique, right? So one of the things that drives me nuts about Jeff Cohn is he does he bounces from side to side and then does this, and you can hear can him hear like when he's talking over. Like you can, yeah, you can hear it. Yeah. If you watch guys, if you watch guys who have done radio for ten years, like Adam Carolla, if you watch them do a podcast, they can move their entire body 
and their head is pretty much always in the same spot on the microphone. Like I, so I've, I've built that habit over the years of always trying to keep your, your head relatively in the same place and pointed toward the microphone, even if you, even if you're moving the rest of your body. So that is a skill set, like doing that better, having good microphone technique will do much more for your sound improvement than upgrading your microphone. Love that's my that. personal that's, opinion. That's fantastic. I, that's actually yeah. really, really good. I like what you said there. That, that's yeah. um. So you saved me a lot of money, and you gave me a Thank really you. good tactic. I think that's Thank you. I'll expect a check in the mail. No All problem. right. How can, how can people reach you? <laughs> just, just listen. Uh, let me give out my number, 610-952-1081. How about that? First time oh. on this show, probably. All right. Um, oh, or I used, to teach, I used to teach my kids when I would say, I used to teach them how to do it, 610 and then slow it out 952, and I used to go, 1081. <laughs> and they would sing my number, and they never, ever forgot it. 610-952-1081, genevolpe.com. There's a little widget on the side that pops up after we've been there for 10 seconds. Fill it out. It comes right to me and my assistant. Boom, you get me. Nice. Love it. All right. So for me, if you want to uh, get interviewed on more podcasts and you have yourself a, a microphone like we talked about and you want to put it to use and you want to get featured on more podcasts like this, uh, let's say you're a coach consultant, a real estate advisor, someone who coaches agents, if you want to recruit, whatever the case is, uh, or if you just want to build your clout and authority with your own clients by getting featured as an expert and an authority in your field, uh, go to over to pursuingresults.com slash training. Uh, I did a whole training with a client of mine where we really broke down how to get featured on the right podcast, how to find them, how to reach out to the host, how to be a great guest, uh, how to turn the podcast host into your friend, and how to deliver an interview that actually gets people listening and then reaching out to you to be a client, to talk to you about your service. So that's at pursuingresults.com slash training. Oh, Gene, shall we put a nice orange? Well, you've got, you've got the picture of the, you literally have a framed orange bow tie hanging above your head in the background. So how can we not wrap an orange bow tie around the show? Let's wrap that orange bow tie. That's right. All right. Thanks, everybody, for watching. We appreciate it. Go over to uh, Apple Podcasts. Give us a five-star review. Make sure to give Gene and any of the other guests that you loved a shout-out. Gene is barely a guest at this point. He's more like a uh, co-hosting brother. So uh, make sure to give Gene a shout-out in the uh, in the review. Make sure to share it with a friend or a fellow agent. Uh, as Greg would say, we love you. Me slightly less than Greg, but he'll be back next time to express his undying affection for you on the next show. So we'll see you all then. Back.